watchers? I love movies. Okay, last year, actually, for the summer, we did an at-the-movies series, and we had big reclining chairs right out here in the middle that you had to win every week, and we broke down all the summer blockbusters, but it just actually gave me a chance and an opportunity to go watch movies and say, yeah, I can make a message out of this. And so um, we did that, but I just love movies. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited, and maybe some of you don't even know it, but there's an IMAX 3D opening up at Uptown Memorial Day weekend. And I am totally stoked about it. I've been trying to find out when they're finally going to open it, but they finally released a date. Really, really excited about it because, you know, I grew up watching just your basic movies, um, even black and whites and stuff. My dad was really into war movies and stuff, so we were always watching black and whites. And, you know, those are, those are good. Black and white movies are, are good. They kind of just give you the information, but they don't really suck you into it. And then you, you add now all these cool effects that they, they added in with, with uh, you know, full color and all the computer graphics, and they, they add, make it on Blu-ray, and it just, it's just so vibrant and alive, and it's so amazing. But most of all, most of all, is the 3D movies, the 3D IMAX movies. If you've ever been to an IMAX movie, sometimes you have to actually go back to the dentist to have your fillings replaced because it just rattles you. It takes every bit of it. And then when it's an IMAX, it's like you're there. You can feel it. You can touch it. You're a part of it. And, you know, I want to today, I want to kind of take a look at Easter in the same way. I want to take a look at Easter in the same way as we look at movies because a lot of times I think people see Easter in black and white for the information that it offers, but they never get to the second and third dimensions of it being in living color and then you being a part of the story. So that's where I want to take you at today. If you have your bulletins with you, do me a favor and reach inside and grab that note page because we're going to be taking some notes this morning. Most people, I think, know about Easter. I mean, I've talked to some people, and as a matter of fact, I, I was uh, talking to somebody this week that uh, was talking to a coworker of theirs and said, yeah, we're looking forward to Good Friday coming up. And like, oh, it's Good Friday this week. And they said, yeah. And, uh, and they said, I'm really excited about Easter, too. And they said, well, when's Easter? And I was like, wow, okay. So there are some people out there that don't have a religious upbringing of, of that. But for most of the people, I think we understand Easter. We understand the facts of it all. We understand that Jesus died on the cross, but they, they don't get excited about it. They don't get excited about it. And the truth is, is what happened a little over 2,000 years ago, it is the most significant event in all of history. The most significant event in all of history happened, and people just don't get that excited about it. Most people are, okay, so Jesus died. We know about it. There's a cross. There's all that stuff. Now let's go hunt some eggs. And by the way, um, if you have kids, holy smokes, there's some baskets full of eggs going on in here. And I, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you, church, for bringing all those eggs. And those kids are going to be more thankful, and their parents probably less thankful, that they're going to have all that candy and stuff to play with when they get home. But, you know, they see Easter in black and white as if it's just a, another holiday, just like Fourth of July, just like Memorial Day, just like that. But it's so much more. It's a three-dimensional event. The first dimension is this, the proof of the resurrection. That is it, that people understand that. The second dimension, though, is the promise of the resurrection. And the third dimension is the power of the resurrection. Like I said, most people understand the first one, but the second two, not so much. And that's what I want to talk about today. See, the first dimension of Easter is about what happened 2,000 years ago. It's a past event. The second phase, the second dimension, is about the future. 
about what we have coming to us, the expectation that we have coming to us. And then the third dimension is about the power that we plug into. The whole morning, the whole Easter service that we are building around us, the idea of awakening our souls. You see, so many people, they'll come to church and they'll just go through their daily lives. Same old thing, same old thing every day, every week, every month, every year. I mean, next week we're actually going to start a new series called Protect This House. And the first thing I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you fill out your schedule for the week. And my guess is, as you fill out the schedule for your week, it's going to be pretty much the same every week. Because we become, well, there's this big fad going on out there. This whole idea of this zombie apocalypse. I think it may have already happened. Because watch people, they're always walking around, they got their thumbs on their phones, they're not paying attention to anything that's going on around them, they're locked in, they're walking around like zombies. That's it. And that's their life. They go to bed, they get up the next morning, they do the same thing. Over and over and over again. But Easter is a life-changing event. And it's not just a life-changing event that happened on Sunday, it's a life-changing event that happens every day of our lives every day but we miss that because we're too busy living in the same old same old but god has such such a better life for us that is out there and you know what some of you might be saying you know what matt i live a pretty good life and i'm not going to disagree with you on that because in our definition of what the good life is it's feeling good looking good and having goods that's the good life and most of us in here have that We feel good, we look good, especially today on Easter, and we have the goods. But God has so much more for us because that's what he created us for. Not just to have and to look and to feel, but to to experience him. And it changes everything when we look at it in a whole new dimension, when we look at it more than just in the black and the white. See, there's something better out there. And that better thing is, is what we might just call the better life. Instead of just the good life, the better life. And if you live the better life, the life that God intended you to live and meant for you to live, you have to be plugged into the power. You have to be plugged into his power. So here's what I want you to do. I want you for the next couple of minutes to listen as if your life depended on it. Because it does. And it's not about what I'm saying. It's about what's being said to us through the scriptures. It's about being said to us by God. This What God has to say to us this morning can and will change your life if you allow it to. If you allow it to do so. It'll explain your past. It'll explain your present. It'll explain your future. It explains your purpose on this planet. It explains why you have the problems that you have. It explains all of these things. The whole reason why the universe exists. And once again, it's not my message. It's what God is bringing to us. So first thing I want to do is I want to look at this event that happened 2,000 years ago. And I want to look at it from the past what it's going to do for us in the future, and how it's going to affect us in our present. The first dimension is this. If you're writing down notes, the proof of the resurrection. What is the proof of the resurrection, you ask? It's that Jesus claimed it would happen, and it did. He didn't just claim it once. He said it multiple times throughout his ministry. If you read the Bible, you'll see through the the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books of the New Testament, you'll see throughout those four books, he claimed it multiple times. Now, up front, he didn't come right out and say it, but he did. He claimed it. And by the time he was coming to his crucifixion, he came right out and said it. 
See, a lot of people I talk to, and I talk to them about Jesus and stuff, they say, you know what, Jesus, I believe, was a great prophet, but I don't believe he was God. And I said, I don't think that's possible. It's not possible. If you really look at all the things that Jesus said, it's not possible for him to just be a great prophet because all the things he said, he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he really is the Lord. You get to make the choice. You get to make the choice in all of that. And as we look at it today, I hope that you can understand. See, he said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. A good prophet wouldn't say that. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the bread of life. He's claiming these things, and as he's claiming them, if he were just a good prophet, he'd be a huge liar. And people cannot say that he's just a good prophet because lots of people claim to be God. And lots of people have said lots of things. But nobody said, hey, you know what? They're a good prophet. They've all said they're wrong. And Jesus also separates himself in a different way, too, because Jesus, when he claimed to be God, he actually proved it. And that's the reason why two-thirds of the world are celebrating Easter today, because of the resurrection that he did. He said, you know what? I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried for three days, and I'm going to come back to life. And I'm going to show you that I am the Son of God. And he started saying this at the beginning of his ministry. Like I said, throughout the Gospels, you'll see it. He started saying it in metaphors, and he referred back to Jonah being in the belly of the whale, and he said lots of different things. But by the end, by the end of the book of Matthew, we look in chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, it says this. He says, when we get to Jerusalem, this is Jesus talking, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, and then they will sentence him to die, but then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked and whipped and crucified, but on the third day, he will raise or be raised from the dead. I think that's pretty clear that he is talking. This is what is going to happen. There's no more metaphors. There's no more alliterations or anything like that. It's all about the truth. And this is what's going to happen. And this is what's going to determine my identity. This is going to prove to you who I really am. So the first dimension of Easter is the proof of the resurrection is that Jesus proved that he was God. The proof of the resurrection is that Jesus proved that he was God. He said, I'm going to let him kill me. I'm going to be dead for three days, and then you're going to see me walking out among you. This claim was so well known to the critics that even the people who killed him, even the people who took his life, knew that it was going to happen. So they went to the governor, Pilate, the Roman governor at the time, and said, hey, we need you to not just close the tomb, but we need you to seal that tomb, we need you to post live guards at it. Probably the first and only time in history that they have had live guards protecting a dead body from going anywhere. And they posted them there, and they had them there, and they had them all boxed, boxed up, and they said, we don't want Jesus coming out, and we don't want disciples going in. And that's what we're setting up everything for. We're setting up all of this. But guess what happened? Did Jesus' word come true? Absolutely, and that's why we're here, and that's why people celebrate everywhere. And it wasn't just the fact that he came and, and showed himself to a couple of people, and they, they spread this rumor that he had come out. No, he went for over a 40-day period. He went and showed himself to hundreds, even thousands of people. And he walked among the cities, and people saw him. And, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why Jerusalem at the time, when 12 guys finally went out, and they went and they shared their testimony about who Jesus was, that a town of 200,000, within 15 years, 100,000 of them knew who Jesus was and were followers of Christ. Maybe it's because he went out and he showed himself in that way. I'm not 100% sure on that. But 
these guys who went out, we talked about it last week. These guys who went out, they went out and they gave their lives for it. I mean, if you really want to spread a rumor, would you be willing to die for it? I mean, there are people that will die for something they think, but these guys knew it because they saw Jesus. They saw him face to face and said, you know what, we're going to be willing to go out and give our lives for this. Here's the simple fact. If you're having doubts, I'm not going to spend a whole, whole lot of time on this. But for 2,000 years, people have tried to disprove who Jesus was. They tried to disprove him as God, and they failed. And millions, if not billions of people's lives have changed because of Jesus being who he said he was, that he was and is the Son of God. And here's the issue, though. That's what most people know about Easter, and that's it. That's all they really know, the black and white and the facts. Let's go egg hunting. That's it. That's what it all stops at. It's not a big deal to them. And I think the reason why is because they haven't experienced it. It's like sitting and watching a black and white movie versus sitting and watching an IMAX 3D movie. The black and white movie, yeah, it's good. It's taking my time. It's doing what it needs to do. But if we shift our thinking and experience it and take in that second and third dimension, it'll change what we see. See, the proof has to do with what happened 2,000 years ago. I told you the second one was a promise of the resurrection. And that promise of the resurrection is what's going to be happening in the future because of what Jesus did for you. The promise of the resurrection is this. Jesus will resurrect me. Jesus will resurrect me. Now, see, now it's starting to come into this color mode. Went from black and white to color. Jesus will resurrect me. I am becoming a part of this living color story. Jesus who made this outrageous claim, said, I'm going to be resurrected, also is going to resurrect me. There's going to be a point in our lives where death happens. It's an unfortunate thing, but it's a real thing. That's the only other time I wear this tie. I'll be there if you need me to, and I will wear this tie just for you, okay? But the, the thing is, someday your heart is going to stop. Someday, your life is going to end here on this earth, but your life is not going to end completely because God created us to live forever. God created us to live forever, and that's why you often have a feeling in your life, there's got to be more to life than this. And the reason why you feel that way is because there is more to life than this. There is more to life than this. As a matter of fact, in John eleven twenty five, Jesus says this amazing promise. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. He says, I'm it. You're looking at me. If anybody gets resurrected, it's going to be through me. I'm the resurrection and the life because I am God. He says, I am the life. I'm the one who gave you life in the first place. You see, God created everything. And it says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Even after dying. This is exactly what he's talking about. I mean, that's quite a promise. They'll die even after they live. You know what? I wouldn't believe it if Jesus hadn't already done it himself. I would not believe it if he hadn't already been resurrected himself. If Easter hadn't happened, I wouldn't believe this. But because it has, and because so many people have tried to disprove it, and there's historical stuff outside of the Bible that proves all of these things have happened, it proves that he is God. Let me tell you something. If Jesus hadn't died on the cross and hadn't been resurrected, there'd be no reason for us to be here. 
And I'm not just talking about on Easter. I'm talking about in church in general. Because we'd be without hope. We'd be without anything. But that's not what happened. Jesus proved there's more life, that there is a heaven, there is an eternity. And not only did he raise himself, but he's going to resurrect us as well. Look what Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 14. He says, And God will raise us up from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord, that is Jesus, from the dead. I mean, I really like that part. I like the fact that Jesus was resurrected, but I like it even more, the fact that we will be resurrected with him. It's coming out of black and white and coming into color. We're seeing more than just the proof, but also this promise, this future. And here's the cool thing about it. You don't have to be good to go to heaven. No matter what people have told you throughout your entire lives, you do not have to be good to go to heaven. You don't have to do the best things. You don't have to go to the church and dress the best. You don't have to do all of those things. Those are just in response to what God has already done for us. But those aren't the have-tos because, you see, to get into heaven, you have to be perfect. To be able to stand before God, you have to be perfect. And I don't think any one of us in here is perfect. I know me, first of all, is not. As a matter of fact, we had that discussion this morning when we were trying to take Easter photos of our kids. And nobody was smiling right, and I said, just leave it because we're not a perfect family, so that'll be perfect for our website. You know, it'll, be, it'll look great right on there in the thing. That, that's exactly what we need. We are not perfect, and God wants perfection. So what he did is he came up with a second plan. He came up with a second plan, and that salvation, our way to heaven, is not something we earn, but it's something we're given as a gift through Jesus Christ and through his resurrection. His sin, his Death on the cross took our sins on him. And he bled and he died for us. It's a free gift if you trust in him and you accept him. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with a great expectation. A great expectation. Let's be honest. Most of our expectations here on earth become disappointments eventually. Most of us have expectations for things. Um, I wrote down a handful of things, but the earth is broken. And that's just plain and simple. Nothing works perfectly. Our body doesn't work perfectly. The weather doesn't work perfectly. The economy doesn't work perfectly. All of these things we see, they don't work perfectly. Our dreams get broken. Our hopes get broken because we live on a broken planet. Nothing is a, on our earth is as good as it's cracked up to be. Nothing. I don't know about you, but when I was a little kid and I looked forward to Christmas and I looked forward to Easter because I knew I was going to get something. And every Christmas at the end and every Easter at the end, there's always a little bit of disappointment because the anticipation was so much better. The expectation was so much better than the actual event. Anybody here ever been to Disneyland before? Disney World, one of those places along those lines. You plan out this huge trip, and everybody's so excited about it. And if you drive from here, it's a nice long drive, and everybody's just totally amped and ready to go. And when you're leaving, it's no longer the happiest place on earth. Because everybody's mad at each other because it's hot and it's sweaty, and people get sick, and there's all lines, and there's all kinds of stuff, and you're paying a lot of money. And you're like, why did I spend so much money to go do that and just hate life afterwards? Our anticipation, our expectations are one thing, and what happens next is always a disappointment. But the great thing is, when Peter says this in 1 Peter 1, now we live with a great expectation, it's the fact that this one expectation that we have, heaven is going to be better than anything we can ever think of. This one expectation we have, this resurrection that we have with Christ is going to be so much better than anything else that we have. 
So if we look, we see the proof that Jesus said that that he was going to do it, and he proved who he was. The second was the promise. The promise of Easter is eternal. And third is the power. The power of the resurrection. The power of transformation. It will change your life. It will change your life. This event that happened in history 2,000 years ago, if you allow it to, it will change your life. Here it is. Jesus offers, this is the power of the resurrection. Jesus offers his power to me every day. Every day. Jesus offers you the same power that had him taken up out of the grave and live again. That same power is available to you and it's available to me every day. You have to admit that's an exciting thing to think about. Now it's in 3D. Now I'm a part of the story. I don't just see it in black and white and and understand the proof. I don't just see what's going to happen and see the color of all the things that are going to happen with the promise. This is the power that is right here, and I now have my hands on it, and I'm experiencing it. It's going to rattle me, and it's going to shake me, and it's going to make me into something else. It's going to transform me. It's now in 3D. The problem is, is that not many Christians, especially the ones that seem to be Christians for the longest time, not many Christians experience that in their lives. They never get to that third dimension, and that's why their lives are no different than anybody else's. That's why their lives are no different than anything else. How do you know when you haven't accessed the power? How do you know when you haven't plugged into it yet? How do you know that? And here's where I think it boils down to. There's four F's. Four F's are this. It's fear, frustration, fatigue, and failure. Those things are clear signs. If you've experienced any of these, these are clear signs that maybe you're just not plugged into the power. You're not in that third dimension yet. See, these four things happen because we're not plugged in. It's like a blender. I watched a video one time. We were at a, we were at a, a, a conference and they're, they're showing them selling blenders to people in Africa that live in huts. And they're looking at it, trying to figure, you know, they're smashing it on the ground, trying to figure out what it's all about, what this whole thing is. And the thing is, is a blender that is not plugged in is a useless piece of metal. A toaster that is not plugged in is a useless piece of metal. A washing machine that is not plugged in is a useless piece of metal. And when we think about that and we see those things, we're kind of the same way. When we are not plugged in as Christians into the power that is, we're kind of useless because we're trying to do things on our own. We experience frustration. That's the first thing that we get when we're not plugged into the power. You get frustrated in life because things aren't going your way and you think it has to happen like this. Things can't change. Things won't change because I'm trying to do it on my own. That leads to fatigue because when you're trying to do it on your own over and over and over again, you just get tired of the same old, same old. And then it leads to fear because you're thinking, you know what? What's going to happen? I can't control my life, but I'm trying to anyway. And that leads to failure. Because no matter how hard you try, things are going to go wrong. Things are going to fail. Sometimes my best and your best just isn't good enough. These four things are proof that you're still just living the good life and not the better life. A lot of people accept the promise, but they haven't acquired the power. They haven't acquired the power. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, this is reading from the message version, it says, Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life. That's an Easter life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. 
once you plug in, he has a far better life for us. Getting plugged in will cause us to experience that. And you say, where's the power like that come from? What do I do? How do I get this? How is this a part of me? How is it going to be better for me? Paul answers that question in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, and there's four characteristics that we see, and the first thing is this. It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. You see, he wants you to experience it, not just know it, not just be a part of it, but experience it. Have it be your life. Have it be what guides you and directs you. Allow it to awake your soul. The second thing he says, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life. And some of you are like, wait a second, I have a pretty full life. Full schedule and fullness of life are two totally different things. So as we experience Christ, he's going to give us this fullness of life that's going to be better than anything that we have. And it says, we'll get that power. Third, we'll get that power that comes from God. And finally, it says, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We have that power to do so much more than we could even imagine in our own heads these are the four correct four characteristics that god has given us that he has meant for us to live out yet we just continue like i said to go through this zombie mode over and over day after day who cares god has made us to live for so much more and some of you are asking right now well how do i get the full benefit of what jesus did for me fortunately It's not rocket science, and that's why I get to do the job that I do, because if it was rocket science, I definitely wouldn't be able to do this. But it really is as easy as ABC. ABC, if you see on the bottom of your note page, it's this. It's to accept the proof, to believe the promise, and to count on the power. Accept the proof, believe the promise, count on the power. You see, the first thing is accept the proof, and it's Romans 10, 9. The Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, otherwise, uh, or in other words, he says, confess that he is who he said he was, God, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's what Easter's all about, then you will be saved. Accept the proof. This is the starting point. The second thing is to be, believe the promise. What's that great promise? The great promise is the book, that, or the, the, the book of the Bible, the verse in the Bible that is found underneath God's eye black. A guy by the name of Tim Tebow, maybe you've seen him before. John three sixteen. Many of you probably know it. Many of you have at least heard it or seen a sign at a football stadium at some point in time. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, and that is the promise, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's a promise that Jesus will resurrect me too. The future is clear. But then the third thing is this, is count on his power daily. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I know this. Life is tough. Life is tough. Maybe you're on an upswing, maybe you're on a downswing, but either way, life is tough. Maybe you're having some problems in your marriage. Maybe you're having some problems in your life. Maybe you're having problems in a relationship in another way with parents or with with, uh, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends. Who knows what it is? Maybe you're having financial difficulties. Life is tough. I understand that because I'm just as human as any one of you are. I deal with the same things that you deal with. The thing is that when we plug into his power on a daily basis, it takes us beyond that. 
It takes us to understanding that God has a plan, that God knows what's going on, that God is there for us, and he wants us to not just live a good life. He wants us to live the better life. He wants us to live the better life, to awake our souls, to not just be zombie life, but to live and open our eyes to who he is and what he has done for us and live that better life. This morning, I'm going to give you that opportunity to live that better life to challenge you to live that better life. And maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure what to do next. I'm going to have some people come over here by this cross, and I want them um, to come over. They're going to share with you and pray with you and, and kind of walk you through some steps as we do. And so um, if, if I could ask a, a couple of people to do that, Phil and Yvonne, if you wouldn't mind doing that, Stephen and Gloria, if you guys wouldn't mind doing that, come over here to the cross. And, and if you have some questions, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to go over there. We're going to stand and sing a couple of more songs. And while we're doing that, don't feel ashamed. Don't be like, well, I don't want anybody to know I have problems. Well, guess what? Everybody in this room has problems. And if you don't believe me, you are completely fooled. And somebody's done a great job fooling you because they put on a a nice tie. But when they take this tie off, (laughs) all craziness breaks loose, okay? That's just the way life is. You have to understand that we need to be plugged into the power, each and every one of us. All of us have our own issues that we deal with. So don't feel like, oh, I can't do this. I'd ask you to make your way over there as we pray. Um, They're going to be over there. um, And if anybody else wouldn't mind helping out with that, uh, that would be willing to pray, please go over there as well if you see uh, kind of an overload of people. Please do that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the band to come as we sing this final song. Or we have a couple more songs. But this next one is actually a song maybe you've heard on the radio called Awake My Soul about just opening up my heart, God, to who you are and experiencing that power. So let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We are so thankful for you. We're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us. And not just died on the cross, God, but then three days later, rose from the dead. And we celebrate that today. And God, we understand that as proof But help us to move from just the proof to the promise and understand that, God, you are going to resurrect us if we accept it and believe it. And I pray for those in here that are struggling with that right now, that, God, they would take a step of faith and go over and talk and pray. And, God, for those in here that have been, that have maybe done that, maybe they've accepted that proof and, and, and believe in the promise, but, God, they haven't made it where they're plugged in and they're just leading the same life over and over and over again. God, awake their souls today to who you are and the better life that you have for us. We pray this all in your name this morning, Lord. Amen.